Hi, I'm Kara. Welcome to the Today I Am Enough podcast, where together we learn how to embrace imperfection and the messes that life leaves behind and overcome our shortcomings. Together, we will begin to not only see, but to feel who we truly are and who God created us to be. Let's talk. Are you feeling pulled in a million different directions? Are you feeling the pressures of everything in life just weighing you down? I want to personally invite you to Lifted Summit. Lifted Summit elevates you closer to Christ through exceptional speakers, other women of faith, and the peaceful whisperings of the Spirit. Join us on Saturday, April 30th from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. in Sandy, Utah for a day filled with opportunities to rejuvenate your spirit, mind, and body. Get all the details and your early bird ticket from www.liftedsummit.com. Good morning, friends. We are talking about tomorrow today. And if you are unaware, this year we are going through and talking about the women in the Old Testament. And last week we were studying about Joseph and what his brothers did to him and a woman named Tamar is mentioned. And she doesn't get a lot of attention. There is this story that kind of seems strange. And so last week I took some time and dove into Tamar's story and really learned a little bit more about her. Now, this week, we are not focusing on uh, the same story, so we're a little bit behind. However, we are going to be talking about several women that spill from this week into next week, and so next week, we are going to talk about um, some various women in Moses' life. All right, so we let's jump into Tamar's story. I have loved learning and reading about her story and finding out about her life and why things happened the way they did and understanding the scriptures a little better. I think in the Old Testament, sometimes it's hard to understand the stories because their culture is so drastically different than ours. So Tamar was married to Ur. Ur is Judah's son and Judah is Joseph's oldest brother. Okay, so in Genesis 38, 7, we find out that Ur was wicked and the Lord slew him. So all of a sudden, Tamar is a widow. They don't have any children. So in this time, it was custom of the, I don't know how to say this word, you guys, Levitrate marriages. When a man died without any children, it became his brother's responsibility to conceive a child with the widow. And when that would happen, the widow's child was still considered the child of the deceased father. Okay, so it was fine if the brother was already married because the child was considered the brother's child, not that, well, (laughs) the child was considered to be the deceased father's child, right? It's a little confusing. So the child got anything and everything that the father would have gotten um, or that the child would have gotten if the father had been alive. I hope that is clear as mud for everyone. So if the brother-in-law decided that they wouldn't fulfill their duty or for some reason they couldn't, that responsibility fell onto the father-in-law. 
So Ur dies because the Lord slew him because he was wicked. So Tamar is left a widow. So Judah gives his son Onan to her. In Genesis 38, 9, we read that Onan knew the child would not be his, which we talked about. And so the child would receive everything that he would receive the inheritance because Ur was the oldest. And so then Onan wouldn't receive any of the inheritance or wouldn't receive as much as he would if he did not conceive with Tamar. So in the scriptures, it says he spilled his seed on the ground lest he should give seed to his brother. So he, he literally didn't want Tamar to become pregnant because he didn't want to lose his inheritance. So basically he used Tamar for his own pleasure and he wasn't willing to fulfill his duty that he had to provide for his older brother. Um, so he wasn't willing to give his inheritance up now that Ur was gone and he received that. So in verse 10, we learn that the Lord was displeased with Onan as well and slew him. So now Ur has gone and Onan. So Judah sends Tamar to go back to her father's house. Um, there is one more brother, Shela. Sorry, you guys. I'm really bad with all these names. Shela. Um, and, but he's too young to be able to conceive a child. And so Judah says, well, why don't you go back to your father's house and you can come back when he's older. So the problem is that Judah should have fulfilled the duty as the father-in-law next because his two sons had died. But in verse 11, Judah says that he is worried that something is wrong with Tamar since two of his sons have died and he doesn't want the same fate to happen to his youngest son. So she knows that being sent to her father's house means that she has basically been rejected and that that, that um, position that should have been fulfilled will not be fulfilled. So she's widowed, she's childless, and both of those mean that she won't be allowed to be married. Her social status is like nothing. Her economic status is really terrible. So basically, he had... She had nothing to look forward to in her life. So Tamar waited. We don't know how long that she was gone, but by the time she goes back, um, the youngest son is married, and Judah never calls for her. So he is not willing to fulfill that promise that these people have. So she decides that waiting and praying just isn't enough and that she needs to act. She needs to do something. And so she took her widow clothing off and she dressed like a prostitute. And she veils her face and she goes to this place where she knew that she could find Judah. And she finds out that Judah's wife had recently died. And she, she was just counting on knowing him well enough that he would be at this place at this time. Um, so he approaches her and says that he'll pay a kid for his flock, from his flock for her. She requires a pledge from Judah that he needed to give a signet, a bracelet, and a staff. So Judah didn't seem bothered by this, so we can assume that it was probably pretty customary for this type of request to happen. 
So in chapter 38, verse 18, it says, And he said, What pledge shall I give thee? And she said, Thy signet, thy bracelet, and thy staff that is in thy hand. And he gave it to her and came in unto her, and she conceived by him. Okay, so this this whole situation is like a little interesting. The prostitute situation and Judah going to the prostitute. And uh, I think we just have to understand that we don't completely understand the culture or why, <laughs> why this may have been okay. But she needed to basically trick him in order to have a child and to be able to conceive and to have the promises fulfilled that were required after her husband uh, was gone. So Judah leaves and Tamar goes back to her father's house. And when she's about three months along, Judah finds out that, uh, that she's pregnant and he calls for her. And he is furious. He wants her to be burnt. So when she comes, she gives him he, he's, he asks, you know, like, what have you done? And she gives him the signet, the bracelet, and the staff. And in verse 25, she says, And when she was brought forth, she sent to her father-in-law, saying, By the man whose these are, I am a child. And she said, Discern, I pray thee, whose are these, the signet, the bracelet, and the staff? And Judah acknowledged them and said, She hath been more righteous than I, because that I gave her not of Shelah, my son, and he knew her again no more. Okay, so this is a turning point in Judah's life. He says, she hath been more righteous than I. So I think by from that line, we learn that what she did wasn't completely out of line. And she knew that she needed to have this child. And, and so when he goes and finds out that it is him, he realizes that's what she was doing. She was just trying to get that promise fulfilled because Judah refused. So he knew what he had done was wrong by denying her that promise to be fulfilled. He knew that he should have fulfilled those promises to Tamar. He was not mad at her. He understood why she did it and he was humbled. Maybe he was reminded of the blessing his father gave that said the savior would be born through his lineage. So Tamar gave birth to twins several months later. And through one of the twins, the first grandson of Judah, because these boys were seen as Tamar and Ur's sons, came Jesus Christ. So Tamar is, men- Tamar is mentioned in Matthew chapter 1 in the lineage listed for Jesus Christ which is so awesome because it's really rare in all those lines of lineage to see a woman's name listed but she played such a major role to make sure that these babies were born and there's so much we can learn from Tamar even though her story may seem strange and we don't completely understand it um, I think we have to remember that because of that not only came Jesus Christ but Judah was humbled enough to return to his family and be with his father and his brothers again and was able to be a great contributor and really changed his life because of Tamar. So what can we learn about the love of the Lord for women in our time through Tamar's story? So I think the first thing we learn is sometimes we just have to act 
we have to have faith and move forward, even if the situation's difficult. And Tamar's situation reminds me a little bit of Nephi. Tamar was, she dressed up as a prostitute to go get Judah. And Nephi was told by the spirit to slay Laban. And not only once, he was told three times. And he even says, like, I haven't killed a man. Like, I can't do that. But sometimes we're asked to do difficult things. I don't think we're asked very often to do extreme things as these two were. But sometimes we are asked to do really difficult things. And as we move forward with faith, the Lord will guide and direct our lives. He will provide a way for his promises to come forth. That's the next thing we learn. Promises will come forth. Judah was told that Christ would be born through his lineage. However, life got away from him, right? He had forgotten. He was kind of making bad choices. He wasn't fulfilling his promise and his duty. And so she was able to remind him of that and humble him through her actions. So this experience changed Judah as well, right? He went to his family. He stood up for his brother Benjamin at one point. And so we also can learn that hearts can be changed, whether it's our own heart or that through our actions, we can help other people's hearts be softened and changed. When we follow the Spirit and do every needful thing in our lives, do our best to do needful things, we can help strengthen others' hearts. So tomorrow's situation is very different than ours. However, we all struggle with other people and their choices. She didn't get to decide how those people act because the only thing we can control is our thoughts, actions, and emotions. And because of that, we don't get to decide how other people act or react. The only thing we can control is our own behavior. And so what can what we do with those things is significantly more important when we understand that. How we act and how we follow with faith and how we serve the Lord is just by doing the best that we can. And when someone else hurts us or doesn't follow through with a promise or something that they should have done, we need to seek for the Lord's help to understand how to remedy a situation. Hopefully we can turn to our Father in heaven for direction, strength, and peace in all the unfair, unjust, and difficult situations that don't feel like they are panning out as we anticipated because life is never going to pan out as we anticipate. However, he will always take care of us. When we trust in him, we can have all of the promises fulfilled. We need to trust in him and trust in his plan because he has a plan for you. He loves you and he will provide a way just like he provided a way for tomorrow. And I love her story and I love the things that we can learn from her. And I hope that you see the goodness in her story, even if there's a few strange parts. But I think that's how all of our lives are. Seek for the Lord's hand in your life. Seek for his help in your life. And then trust and move forward with faith that he will make all things right at some point. He loves you. I hope you remember that. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you're willing to help me out and you love today's episode, please share it with a friend. Leaving a review is actually extremely helpful as well and allows other people to find the podcast. So if you are enjoying listening, please leave a review. 
Thank you so much for listening. And remember, today you are enough.